Welcome back to the Pearls and Pearls podcast. I'm your host, Peter Kay. Today's episode, I've got something exciting and very different planned for this episode. This is essentially a behind the mic Q&A, allowing you, the listener, to get to know me a bit more. I've been doing this podcast for a number of years now, and it occurred to me recently that I've never actually done anything like this. I've never had an episode where I shared a little bit more about myself and allowed you guys to get to know me. Fun fact, when I started this podcast about five years ago now, I don't even know, it's been a really long time, I pretty much recorded episodes, I would share them onto my Mixcloud, I would never share them on my personal social medias, it was pretty much just this thing I did that I never really spoke about to anyone, about having a podcast, at the time I don't even remember if I knew that's what it was called, what I was doing, but I knew that I wanted to do something a little bit different, I wanted to have a YouTube channel which I did for a very short period of time. And I preferred audio because it was a little bit different. It had a level of mystery. I didn't have to show myself. I didn't have to always look nice <laughs> in videos. Whereas with podcasts, sometimes I'm in my PJs. You know, you won't know what I'm looking like. It's not a video podcast. And it allowed me that aspect of anonymity. I didn't really have to show myself. So that was one of the reasons when I first started off my podcast in 2015, I was pretty much just doing it, but not really speaking about it to anyone. So for a long time, it's only within the last year or two that people that know me personally I'm like oh I never knew you had a podcast and I'm like yeah um um it's just you know didn't really speak about it much (laughs) so I guess I'd start off by sharing that so imagine in all this time it's we're now in 2022 oh my gosh in my head I've been doing this podcast for five years but it's coming up to seven however I wouldn't say it's been seven consistent years the last two years has definitely been the most consistent I've been with my podcast for a number of reasons over the years I've stopped and started I've recorded I've deleted and over the last two years and I think especially during that time I've really come into myself a lot more I was a lot more bold I became a lot more bold over the last two years and a lot more consistent as well because I have been doing this for a long time but like I said I was not consistent and it's funny because as I've started to become more consistent I've actually started to see a lot of growth in the podcast I've started to see things happening that I never imagined you know I started this actually let me not get into it because that's one of the questions so essentially I've got 15 questions here oh my okay it seems I have missed one off um initially I had them on my phone a couple of the questions were from a question box I put on my Instagram stories yesterday but I also added on a a couple of extra questions that I thought would be quite interesting for me to answer and it seems that as I was writing them down from my phone to my notebook I've missed one off but I will figure out as I go along so let me get into the first question as I've been rambling on for the last two or three minutes or so so the first question is where did you grow up Well, a lot of people that meet me here, you know, I live in the UK, they assume that I was born in the UK. I was not born in the UK. I was born in Jamaica and I actually moved to the UK when I was seven years old. So I've been living here for almost 20 years now, coming up to 20 years this year, actually, um, as I recently turned 27 um, a few days ago. (laughs) So yeah, I've actually been living here for 20 years. I've lived two decades here, which is, is absolutely crazy to say. And I've lived here a lot longer than the country that I was born in. I was born in Jamaica. And unfortunately, I don't have that many memories of Jamaica. I remember probably the last two or three years. Um, Because as you can imagine, I came at the age of seven, which is still quite young. But I do love Jamaica. I, I, I identify, I say that I'm Jamaican because I am Jamaican 
my passport is Jamaican. I was born in Jamaica. My parents are Jamaican, but I definitely can say in some aspects, I can definitely relate to the British culture. And unfortunately, a lot of my Jamaican roots in terms of like having the accent, you know, it's not really there. I try my best, (laughs) but that's just me trying my best. Um, And it's actually, I think when it comes to my identity and me being Jamaican, there's this aspect of me that almost feels not Jamaican enough when I'm around Jamaicans that were born in Jamaica and, you know, they have stories and experiences, which I don't really have much of because, again, I came here at such a young age. But also being around British people, not really feeling British myself. So it's kind of like this awkward... I don't really, I don't really know. I definitely say I'm Jamaican, but also there are some aspects of me that feels like I'm not Jamaican enough because I've not lived there for that long. And there's some things that I don't know. Of course, I understand the dialect, you know, but I don't have one myself. So it's, it's a bit of a tricky one. And I guess for anyone that's kind of in my position that you may have been born in another country and you move somewhere else at a young age, you probably can identify with some of the struggles that I just described to you. So let me move on to the second question, which was what this is bad guys. I can't even understand my own writing. So the question was, what was your biggest motivation to start your business? Um, This is a really good question because in 2020, when I decided to resign from my job, I never envisioned I'm resigning from my job to start a business. That wasn't the case. I was at a stage in my career where for the first time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I've always been that person that if you ask me, I've got my five-year plan, 10-year plan, I'm a natural planner and for me I always knew what I wanted I always had my life mapped out but for the first time in a long time I didn't have that I knew that I hated where I was in terms of my career I wasn't happy I was burnt out I was stressed with work and I just needed to escape (laughs) I needed to breathe again I needed to not have to think about work again and what's happening and all the dramas and all the issues that were happening at work at the time so when I left that job my intention was finding another job. I wanted a career change, which I actually wanted since about 2019. And I had actively been looking for opportunities, but nothing was working out. Funnily enough, I kept getting lots of um, jobs and companies reaching out to me within the industry I was in at the time. I was working in dentistry. I was a business manager, a practice manager. Essentially, what I would do was manage dental sites. That's what I did. But I knew I didn't want to do that anymore. And in terms of working in dentistry, unless you're a dentist or a hygienist or some other dental professional, for me, that would be the highest level. And it wasn't even about position or status or money. I just did not enjoy the job. It was very stressful and it just did not seem worth it anymore. And for me, because of that lack of work-life balance, I knew I needed to take a break. I was 24, 25. How old was I? Yeah, I was 25. (laughs) can't even remember my age and I was just way too stressed with work and I just thought this is not life I can't do this so I spoke to my husband left my job and then once I had that headspace it was really like figuring out what do I want to do and I can honestly say at that time I felt lost in the sense of what do I want to do next with my career like what's the next step and having that time and I'm really grateful for that because I know not everyone is in a position where they're able to leave their job and not have another job lined up. And I'm grateful, so, so grateful that I was in the position to do that. Being able to have that time to really think and figure things out, you know, without really having anything in mind. And I remember one of the biggest things I kept saying 
I was like, okay, God, like, what do I want to do next? I know what I enjoy. I know what I don't want to do, but what do I actually want to do? What is the next step? What are my qualities? Like, what am I good at? These are questions that I kept asking myself. What do I actually enjoy when it comes to work? And I've always enjoyed helping people. That naturally is just a part of who I am. I love helping people. I love seeing people grow and develop and, you know, seeing them overcome things that they never thought that they could do. I absolutely love that. And I remember when I was younger, I actually wanted to be a teacher for that reason. But I realized that wasn't for me. <laughs> so I've been through quite a lot of careers that I wanted to do. So I've pretty much taken very long to answer the question. But in essence, once I took that time to figure out what I wanted to do, it was actually my second month of unemployment. We can call it that because I didn't have anything that I was doing career wise. I decided, you know what, why not take the skills that I have when it comes to business and finances and utilize that to help people with their personal finances? Like, I'm very passionate. And especially over the last couple of years, I've become really passionate about personal finances, bettering yourself and building upon what your parents were or were not able to do. Really creating wealth and security for yourself. Those were things that became very important to me over the last couple of years. And there's so many things that I've learned and even things I started to apply from my job and things that I would do to manage the finances of the company I worked in. And I started to also apply those things with my personal finances becoming more organized so I thought you know I know that many people struggle with their finances why not utilize those skills to help people to learn how to manage their finances better that is pretty much what got me motivated and I also did some research as well and I realized just how many people in the UK are struggling with their finances now if in the UK one of the richest countries in the world we have this issue imagine in other countries and I know that money is a is one of those things that many people struggle with even people that are on high incomes so that was one of my motivations and I I remember saying to myself at the beginning I want to help people to stop surviving in their finances and start thriving and it was catchy and I was like yep we're going with this (laughs) so in all the long-winded way of saying it that was my motivation to start and I one of the biggest things for me was being able to do something I'm passionate about I've had businesses before And a lot of the time, those businesses, I'll be honest, was just about the money. It was just about creating wealth for myself. It wasn't so much focused on having this purpose of helping people. It wasn't. You know, of course, that was a part of the intention. But this was very different for me. And I remember from the first time I had my first coaching session, shout out, you know who you are if you're listening. Um... When I had that first session with that client, who's also a friend, and I love her so much, she she supported, as soon as I posted the video talking about what I was gonna be doing, she messaged me, she's like, I need to book a session with you. She booked it in, she paid, she didn't ask for no discounts, yep. Mm-hmm. And when we had that session together, it was this big light bulb moment for me. And not just light bulb, it was more of a sense of, yeah, this is what I should be doing. For the first time in a long time, I enjoyed work. It didn't feel like work. And just seeing how useful she found it and the changes she started to implement in her finances from that first session we had, it made me so happy. And I knew, yep, you're on the right path. Just keep working at it. So that was my motivation. I'll try not to take too long with each question because we're already just over 11 minutes and I'm only on question three. So let me move on to question three. (laughs) This was a funny question. I was asked, what is your hair routine? Now, I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't have an elaborate hair routine. I essentially wash my hair weekly. If I'm feeling lazy every two weeks, I am currently using the Wash Day Co for my shampoo and my conditioner. 
I was actually sent these products a few months ago and I've still got the bottle now and I've been using it on my wash days and I really, really love it. I'm not even saying this, it's not sponsored. I genuinely really do love the products. And it's like, my hair just really likes it. My hair doesn't feel dry after I use a shampoo. It melts my hair and it just feels amazing. So I've been using that for my shampoo and conditioner. So washing my hair weekly, I try to condition weekly as well sometimes I might do a hot oil treatment now if you're a guy or you're not interested in hair you might be thinking can we skip over this question <laughs> but yeah essentially that is my routine and also I, my hair is mainly always in protective natural hairstyle so I'll have a bun or I have my hair back or I have my puff um, especially where it's been winter I've been doing like french braiding my hair french plaiting it but to be honest i'm all about quick hairstyles so i'll be honest i probably have the same hairstyle or same two or three um, most of the time unless i'm going out and i want to make an effort but like i said it's very simple i'm not gonna say i have an elaborate routine because i don't and fun fact i actually used to have a hair care brand that i started i think i was 18 or 19 at the time and i did that for a couple of years and I decided to stop, I think when I was 21, but maybe in the future, I'll speak about the reason why I stopped. But anyways, moving on. So as you can see, I've pretty much had a very interesting career journey slash entrepreneurial journey so far, and I'm just getting started. So let's see what the next 10 to 20 years <laughs> has in store for me. So moving on to the question four, do you plan on living abroad? Now, if you'd asked me this question 10 years ago, the answer would be no. My answer right now is maybe. I don't have any plans or anything concrete about living abroad. I don't have a particular country that I'd wanna live, if I'm honest. I've come to realize that I can adapt to any situation or wherever I am. And as long as I feel at home where I am, I don't mind where that place is, if that makes sense. I would definitely say I'm not necessarily attached to the UK. Of course I am because my husband is here, my dad is here, my friends are here. But I would be open to moving to another country if the right opportunity presented itself and me and my husband were both on board for that. But as of now, no. <laughs> Fifth question, mommy's girl or daddy's girl? Well, growing up when I was really young, probably let's say up to five or so, I was definitely a daddy's girl from what I've been told. But now that I'm an adult, I definitely say I'm a lot closer to my mom than my dad. Like, of course I do speak to my dad. We see each other as well. He lives here in the UK that is, but I would definitely say I'm a lot closer to my mom. And yeah, we have a close relationship, so I'd say me and my mom. And I guess she's my mom, it's different. She's a woman, I'm a woman. <laughs> we can relate to each other a lot more than I can with my dad. There's so much more we can speak about than I can with my dad. So I definitely say I'm more of a mummy's girl now. Now, moving on to question six, what made you start a podcast? I almost revealed this at the beginning, but I remembered, oh yeah, <laughs> there was a question on this. What made me start a podcast was, like I said, I wanted to do something. I wanted to have a channel of some kind or somewhere that I could speak and share things and also interact with other people who could share inspirational things. And I didn't really quite know the right medium for that. And I didn't really want to do YouTube. Like, like I said, it was... I'd have to do videos, I'd have to look presentable all the time. And I just thought, oh, it just sounds like a lot of work. So, which I am, you know, doing YouTube now and trying to be consistent with that. But that was the reason I thought audio is something different. I don't really know a lot of podcasts at the time in 2015. Podcast wasn't what it is today. Not everyone had a podcast, it was a lot more niche at the time. So I thought, yeah, let me start a podcast. It'll be something different. And there's a lot of things I wanted to be able to talk about that I felt like in a podcast, I'd be able to do that. So that's why I started. And ultimately I started the Pearls and Perils because I wanted to be able to help people. I wanted to be able to have discussions about things that we don't always talk about in our day-to-day -day lives. And 
I thought it was important to create that space that's why the name was the pearls and the perils so sharing you know gems of wisdom that I've learned that other people have learned or have developed with time you know for experiences I've gone through but also sharing the perils as well the difficulties because life let's be real it can be hard sometimes and I think it's also important to speak about that a lot of the times we just speak about the positive things the wins but we shy away from the difficulties and I think in those moments there's so much that we can learn from each other when we share the challenges we've been through and what we've done to be able to navigate through that. So that's why I started. Question seven, where would your dream holiday be? Now, this country has been somewhere I've wanted to go probably since the age of eight or nine. It started from primary school because I remember in ICT, we had to research countries or something like that. So I remember going on Google, I don't remember what I typed, but I saw this beautiful place and I thought, oh my gosh, one day I need to go to this place. Now this place, you'd probably never guess the name. It's not super popular. You may have never heard of it, you may have. And that place is called Bora Bora. And I remember, I even thought, is that even a real place? What kind of name is that? But ever since that day, I could never get that image out of my mind. And I thought, I need to go to that place one day. And it's definitely on my list of one of the places I must go. It looks so beautiful. So if you've never heard of Bora Bora, Google it. (laughs) And also check out how expensive it is to fly there from the UK. But it just looks absolutely amazing. And one day, I really, really want to go there. So that would be my dream holiday. I like beach holidays. It's funny because I never really swim in the sea, but I like going in and splashing around. <laughs> and I just, yeah, I just like the beach. It's nice, you know, having the toe, having the sand be- between your toes and just relaxing. My idea of a good holiday is being able to relax, but also explore as well and try different things. So that would be my dream holiday. So if anybody would like to, you know, hook that up for me (laughs) or any travel agencies want to sponsor this podcast, definitely let me know. I would be interested. Question eight, what has been the hardest thing about starting your business? This is a really good question. Um, I would say, especially in the beginning, one of the hardest things for me was that fear, that fear of putting yourself out there publicly and having that what if of what if this doesn't work what if no one's interested in what I'm doing at the time my Instagram account was my personal account and again when I shared that video that I shared in June 2020 everyone that was seeing it were mainly friends and family people that knew me so it was kind of like if this business doesn't work out everybody okay at the time was like 300 people they're all gonna see this they're all gonna know And whenever you start something new, people will always ask you, oh, how's it going? And, and I'm thinking, what if it goes terrible? And then everyone asks me and then I'm embarrassed and I'm a failure and my life is over. So yeah, so that was actually the biggest thing for me. That initial mental block, the fear of failure, that fear of what if it doesn't work out? What if nobody books a session with me and I have no clients? So yeah, that was definitely a struggle for me in the beginning. And that was definitely something that was really hard for me. But once I kind of got out of my own head and just pushed myself to do what I was afraid to, it's definitely worked out. (laughs) So I'm glad that I faced my fear. Question nine, what are some of your recommendations for someone starting their own business? This is a really good question. And I actually have a YouTube video that kind of speaks a little bit about this. But in summary, I would say first things first, whatever your idea is, write it down. Write the idea down. Don't just keep it in your head because a lot of the times when we do have business ideas, what do we do? Like, oh yeah, that's such a good idea. Write it down. Like get your thoughts down on paper or get them in a Word document. Write down your business idea 
and really start to think about, you know, what is it that I want to offer people, whether it's a product or a service. And I think one of the biggest things sometimes we can think, oh, but this is not really unique. Like everyone's doing this or everyone's doing that. And it can often feel, especially when you start to focus on something, it feels like everyone's doing it. And that's not always the case. I think one of the biggest things, instead of focusing on trying to find this unique idea that nobody's doing, that's entirely different, you're going to spend your whole life trying to find that. There's always going to be something similar. I think the most important thing for you to think about is what can I offer? What can I do a little bit differently? What twist can I add to it? What's my unique selling point going to be? So first and foremost, write your idea down and really familiarize yourself with that. And do research, research into that industry that you'd be a part of, research into similar companies to kind of see what they're doing, what they have to offer and see what you can do differently, like I said. So it doesn't need to be completely unique because I think that whole idea stops so many of us from getting started because we think, oh, but it's not unique. There's a similar company. Listen, there's always going to be a similar company. There's always going to be someone that starts something similar, but it's really just adding your own spin, your own flair and not stopping. So definitely do that. And one thing I say alongside that as well is start actioning things, get a business plan together. I won't say you need to have a complete business plan before you get started, but really start testing the water. So if it's a product or if it's a service, start testing it out, trialing it before you put it out to the world so that you can get confidence in what you're doing also. And you can actually realize whether you're going to enjoy that business or not. Because in most cases, when we do start businesses, we're on our own. We don't really have a big team unless you're starting it with someone else. And if you are starting a business with someone else, really, really check before you get into it, before you start putting your money into it and investing into it, whether you and that person is gonna be the right fit to work together. I think choosing your business partner is almost as important as choosing who you're gonna spend the rest of your life with because it can have such a huge impact on your life and on your business and I think it's so important. Sometimes people go into businesses with family, with friends and because you have that familiar relationship, you think, oh, it's gonna be great and it ends up terrible. It ends up going completely left, going completely wrong and the relationship gets broken down. I think it's really important before you align yourself with anyone that you really assess whether that relationship is going to work and also assess whether you're both on the same page. What is your vision for the business versus what is theirs? What are your responsibilities going to be within the business as well? Really discussing those things and writing them down, getting things on paper, making things official really being intentional about it. Don't just treat it like a hobby. And those are a couple of things that I'd say, like do your research and also start budgeting for your business because it's gonna cost money to make money. You know, if you're not willing to spend money, don't start a business (laughs) because you're probably gonna need to be the one to start, you know, adding that capital into your business to get started. That's definitely a couple of things that I would say. Those would be my recommendations. And yeah, educate, educate, educate yourself. Whether it's courses online, getting a mentor, checking out YouTube videos, podcasts, like really familiarize yourself with the industry you're going to be in because being an entrepreneur is tough. It is hard. It's easy to look at people that have been in the game 30 years, 40 years, and they're reaping the fruits of their labor. They're multi-millionaires, billionaires, they're on Forbes. But it took time to get there. And I think it's really important to manage your expectations as well. But we'll save that for another episode if you're interested. Question 10. This is a really, okay, I keep saying this is a really good question. So let me not say that. I like this question. (laughs) And it is, what keeps you going? 
Well, there's a lot of things that keeps me going. And what I would say without making it a cliche answer, I think one of the biggest things that keeps me going is the vision that I have in my head. I have a big vision. (laughs) There's a lot of things that I want to do, that I want to develop into being, that I want to achieve. And that vision that I have in my head, it pushes me. It keeps me going, you know. And for me, I'm so far from the vision. I'll be real with you. My vision is way bigger than my reality. (laughs) But I love that because it keeps me motivated. It keeps me on my toes and it gives me something to work towards that vision that I have in my mind is one of the things that keeps me going but another thing especially when things are hard one of the one of the biggest things that helps me is my faith my faith in God honestly I would not be able to do it without my faith in God it is my biggest support system my biggest support mechanism against difficulties in life you know because I know that I'm not on my own and I have someone with me that's going to help me through it. So my faith in God is definitely my biggest support ultimately. And a lot of difficult situations that I've gone through, when I look back, I think it was only God. It's not because I'm strong. Yes, I am a resilient person, but there were moments where I didn't feel strong. But my faith was that thing that kept me going. So yeah, that's what keeps me going, my faith in God. And also having a supportive husband some of the difficulties that I've faced within the last two years, it would have been a lot more difficult for me to get through that without his support. Like he has really been a massive support system. And it's one of those things for me, when I see a lot of negativity on social media, people say things like men are trash. I just think, honestly, ladies, not all men are trash. I know there's a lot of trash out there, okay? You know, (laughs) the garbage field is, is huge, But there are some good men out there. There are some gems out there. And honestly, he's really a gem. And I'm so grateful to God for that. I don't take him for granted because I know that there is a lot of trash out there. But I'm super grateful for the husband that I have. So yeah, that's definitely been one of my biggest supports. And that's what keeps me going. And also the support of my family as well. Next question, which is also kind of similar. And it's moving on to a little bit more of the relationship type questions. How long have you been married? Well, I've been married for three years and in September this year, it will be four years, which is crazy because to think that 2018 was four years ago is absolutely nuts. Like I feel like the last three years have gone by so quickly. And if you think about it, my first year of marriage was 2018 into 2019. Then 2020, we had the pandemic. So most of my marriage has been in the pandemic, (laughs) which is really crazy. But I definitely say that it's shown us how strong our relationship is because I know that a lot of relationships have broken down completely throughout the last almost two years. And I'm so grateful because it allowed us to get closer together, to slow down and to be in each other's space a little bit more. We have gotten each other's nerves, definitely, that you can't even avoid. But it's also brought us a lot closer together, you know, and it's been a nice experience in the sense of having extra time with him. That has been nice, of course, you know, being stuck at home for almost a year, that was not fun at all. And it was stressful. And there was a lot of difficult things happening around. But yeah, I think, I think that answers the question. So let me just shush. Moving on to the next question, question 12. What is the hardest thing about marriage? I like this question. I would say for me, everyone's different. One of the hardest things for me about marriage was the level of vulnerability that it requires. Nobody told me. That's one of the things no one spoke about before I got married. No one spoke about how vulnerable and 
vulnerable, vulnerable and transparent you have to be in order to truly build understanding and communicate well in your marriage. No one spoke about that. You know, people speak a lot about, oh, communication is key, communication is key, communication is key. But in order to have that good communication, you need to be vulnerable. And that was one of the things I struggled with, you know, in your friendships, it's very easy for you to get away without being vulnerable. <laughs> you know, nobody really calls you to that standard of accountability that, oh, you're not very vulnerable, are you? Or you may, even, you may even have running jokes that someone's not very affectionate or they don't really speak about their feelings, but that's okay. You, that level of vulnerability is not necessarily required in a friendship. But in a marriage, especially when you're living with someone, you're building your life with someone, so much of your life is intertwined with them, you're making decisions together there is vulnerability is required it needs to be on the table and it was very very difficult for me in the beginning to be open about how I felt about things you know times where things would happen we'd have a disagreement he may say something I didn't like or vice versa and for me to then have to speak about it it was like oh my gosh this is hard you know there was many moments on our sofa that I'd be sitting there like I need to talk to you and there'd be this awkward pause of me just like figuring out how to say what I'm trying to say how to get the words out and that was really difficult for me there was also that battle within myself being someone who was never very what's the word vocal about my feelings I was the kind of person if someone hurts me I just keep it moving and move on I wouldn't really confront them about the issue unless it really really bothered me or it was something really big in my head anyway I would always kind of get on with it. Whereas now I had to speak about things. I had to confront it. I had to say, you know, when you did this, it hurt me. And also for me, battling with myself of not being afraid of seeming um, sensitive or not worrying about, oh, what if he thinks I'm just overreacting or all of those thoughts that kind of come into your head, especially when you're someone who is learning how to be vulnerable. Those were some of the things that I really struggled with. But ultimately, it helped so much, like it helped to build a greater understanding. And even for me, being able to be open with him and seeing how he received it, it made me trust him more. It helped us to build our intimacy as well. And it made me love him more as well because it's like, oh my gosh, you've seen me in ways other people haven't. Like you've seen me cry. <laughs> I cannot count how many times this man has seen me cry <laughs> over the last three years, um, which probably more than anyone else in my life, probably excluding my parents when I was a baby and crying but obviously in adulthood nobody has seen nobody has seen me in the vulnerable spots that he has and that's definitely built on that trust and that love as well so that's definitely one of the hardest things I could speak about vulnerability all day because that has been one of the things I've actively been working on since I got married question 13 what are some of the good aspects of marriage and equally there are a lot of things. Um, for me, I'd say having someone that is my best friend outside of marriage. Of course, you can have someone that's your best friend, but it's different. It's like we are building life together. There's so many things that we're doing right now. It's like, oh my gosh, we're doing that together. Or when things happen within, you know, our careers or projects we're working on and being able to have that person to just share it with like, oh my gosh, this is happening. And also being able to support each other from the start to the finish of something is such a beautiful thing. I think ultimately having that person to build your life with is a beautiful thing. Having that companionship. One of the biggest things people battle with is loneliness. And unfortunately, sometimes people feel lonely in their marriages so having that companionship having that person that you can speak to about anything 
having that person that supports you that is your biggest fan like my husband he's my biggest man he supports me in everything I could tell him babe I'm gonna be a lawyer he's gonna say okay let's do it (laughs) you've got this um he's so supportive and I really love that about him that's one of the things I love about marriage having that person to build your life with having that companionship as well and having someone to have fun with you know adventures trips vacations date nights I mean you can do date night with your friends but it's not really the same um but that romantic side as well and I think having someone to give love to pour love into and also to receive love it's a beautiful thing you know the love that I've experienced with my husband over the last three years I wish that for everyone, everyone that wants to be in a relationship, I honestly wish and I pray that you will receive that type of love because before I got married, there was a part of me that wanted to get married, but also this part of me that was afraid of marriage too. And now being in this space and being in this relationship that I'm in a healthy relationship, my relationship is not perfect. There is no perfect relationship and anybody that tells you their relationship perfect is lying to you. Um, But being in a relationship that is healthy I feel safe. I am safe. I I actually love being at home. It's a safe haven for me. It's such a beautiful thing. So yeah, I love love guys. I do. I do. Those are some of the good things about marriage and also having someone who adds to you that edifies you as well. You know, that calls you out on the things you need to be called out on, but also equally it's someone that can also see the good things in you that you aren't able to see. It's beautiful. But I can speak about that all day, but I won't (laughs) as I want to wrap up shortly. Question 14, do you have any regrets in life? Now, I would typically say that cliche answer, I have no regrets, blah, blah, blah. But I'm gonna be transparent with you. If I had to pick something that I regret, I would say allowing fear to stop me. There was a lot of things that I wanted to do before that I wasn't doing because I was afraid. I was afraid of what certain people would think. I was afraid of failing. I was afraid of not being able to meet my goals. And because of those fears, I didn't do some of the things that I wanted to do. Or I did it, but then I stopped. I wasn't consistent because of the fears that I had. And I say that's one of my regrets because me not taking action wasted time that I'll never get back. So that is definitely one of my regrets. The other regret would be not managing my money better sooner. (laughs) If I knew what I know now, (laughs) let's say when I was 18, I would have managed my money completely different. And financially, I would have a lot more money than I have right now. Um, So that's probably something that I would, that I regret to an extent. Um, It's not something that keeps me awake at night. (laughs) And it's just one of those learning points and as wisdom comes that you kind of look back and think, oh, if I knew now, knew what I knew now, I would have been managing money way better when I had fewer responsibilities. So that's definitely something that I would say as well. There was actually 15 questions. I'm gonna see which one I accidentally missed out. There must be one I missed. Mm, let me go. How long have you been married? Oh, Okay, and the last question, which I almost missed, I was struggling to remember what it was. It's a little bit similar to some of the questions I answered earlier, but I will leave this one now as the last question and wrap up. And that question is, what are some of the challenges that you have faced and have been facing as a business owner? This is a good question, and I will summarize it to three things. First thing I would say would be balance in the beginning. 
I lacked a lot of balance. Like I was trying to do everything. I was trying to conquer the whole world <laughs> in a very short period of time. And I was overextending myself, forgetting that, you know, you are the only person in this business. You are accounts, you are social media, you are the coach, you, you are everything. You are the branding, you are the marketing, you're everything. <laughs> and I wasn't pacing myself in the beginning. And at some point it was becoming a little overwhelming, a little stressful, not overly stressful in comparison to my last job, but there were elements of like, okay, I need to slow down now. But that was more something that I kind of faced within the last six to, within the first six to nine months of, of my business. But more of a recent challenge, I would say being consistent. Sometimes, for example, when I reflected on some of my goals and progress in 2021, as much as I was like pleased with a lot of the growth and some of the things that I was able to do last year, there was a side of being like, mm, I could have done more. There's certain goals that I didn't hit. I think one of the biggest challenges sometimes is not allowing what you see to stop you from continuing and remembering that it's a journey everyone's journey is different not everybody's going to make six figures in 12 months <laughs> of starting for some people it will take longer and that's definitely been a challenge for me setting goals and not meeting those goals because I'm a very goal-driven person so for me to set a goal and not meet it that can be quite discouraging so that's definitely been one of the challenges that I have faced in my business what's another challenge I would say also capital wise there's a lot of things that I'd love to do right now in my business but I can't because I don't have enough capital to do it so that's also a challenge but also something I'm challenging myself to do is like what are you doing with the funds you have now like how can you utilize your funds to the best of your ability so that's definitely something that I am working on like changing that mindset shift something I always try to do is if there's a problem I'm looking at okay what's the solution okay let's move on you know there's no time for a pity party there's no time to waste feeling sorry for yourself you've got to keep going there are people that are actually depending on you that's definitely been the biggest challenges of late balance I'm definitely more balanced now I've been in my part-time job for almost six months now. So I've definitely kind of gotten more into the swing of management, managing my business and having a part-time job as well. So I've, in terms of balance and managing my time, I've definitely been more comfortable than I was in August. <laughs> I was kind of struggling a little bit to find my feet, but I feel a lot more balanced now and kind of knowing what I need to do and how to manage my time. I'm definitely not as overwhelmed as I felt then. So yeah, I'd say that, those would be the top three things. Well, we have come to the end of the episode. I hope that you've enjoyed getting to know the person behind the mic. If you, if there are any questions that you'd have wanted to ask me that I didn't answer, feel free to drop me an email or a DM. All my contact details will be in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's definitely something a little bit different, but I thought it'd be great to give you more of an insight into who I am so that you can get to know me. It's one thing for me to be sharing things, but I want you to know a little bit more about who I am and what I stand for. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, do leave a rating. It would mean a lot to me to know your reviews on this podcast. And also it helps others to be able to find the podcast. So the more ratings you give, the more accessible this podcast is gonna be for other people. But as a side note, as I finish, if you aren't already subscribed to my YouTube channel and you aren't interested in videos about personal development and finances, definitely check out my YouTube channel. I'm really trying this year to be consistent, guys. I'm trying to do at least two videos a month. <laughs> 
Um, recently, I've got a video out on boundaries and also at the time of this episode being released, I will also be sharing with you guys in my next video, which will be out on the 19th, well, it would have been out already, about my 2021 spending review. So I'll be sharing my numbers with you. So if you're nosy and you want to get in my money, <laughs> definitely check out that video. I'd love to know your thoughts on our spending review. I'd really enjoyed recording that actually. So I really hope you guys will like it. So do check it out. I'll also leave the link for that in the show notes. Enjoy the rest of your week and I'll be back with you in the next episode.